This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the news, the headlines. The annual rate of inflation in Romania went up to 15.88% in September this year, according to the National Institute of Statistics. The Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte is on a visit to Romania. And Romania hails President Emmanuel Macron's decision to strengthen the French military presence on the eastern flank of NATO. In Romania, the annual inflation rate rose to 15.88% in September, from 15.32% in August. As the prices of foodstuffs increased by over 19%, those of non-food goods were higher by almost 17%, and services were more expensive by 8%, according to data published by the National Institute of Statistics. The annual inflation rate will probably continue to increase towards the end of the year, but at a noticeably slower pace, the representatives of the National Bank recently argued. In August, the governor of the National Bank of Romania, Muguri Sărescu, announced that the inflation forecast for the end of this year is estimated at 13.9% and for the end of 2023 at 7.5%. The International Monetary Fund revised significantly upwards the forecast regarding the growth of consumer prices in Romania both for this year from 9.3% to 13.3% and especially for next year from 4% to 11%, according to the latest report World Economic Outlook published on Tuesday by the International Financial Institution. On the other hand, the gross domestic product in the second quarter of the current year compared to the same quarter of 2021 registered an increase of 5.1% on the gross series and 5% on the seasonally adjusted series, according to the provisional data announced by the Institute. In Romania, criminals will no longer be able to run for local or parliamentary elections, according to a bill approved on Tuesday by the Chamber of Deputies. The drafts received similar amendments that practically prohibit people convicted of crimes committed with intent from holding public offices. Once the law is promulgated, there will no longer be parliamentarians, mayors, heads of county councils, local councillors and county councillors convicted of rape, child pornography, pedophilia, procuring or corruption. The Prime Minister of the Kingdom of the Netherlands, Mark Rutte, is paying a visit to Romania. He will be accompanied by President Klaus Johannes and Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca to the Jetica Joint National Training Center in Cinco, Brasov County, where he will have meetings with the military deployed there. 
Prior to this visit, Bucharest signed the purchase of two multi-role ships for saving and extinguishing fires at sea, bought from a Dutch company. The contract signed on Tuesday by the General Inspectorate for Emergency Situations is for approximately 40 million euros from European funds and stipulates the design and construction of the ships will be done at the Dutch company's shipyard in Galaz in southeastern Romania. The Minister of the Interior, Lucian Bode, stated that the purchase of the two boats will allow a more effective intervention and better coordination with other structures. The head of the Department for Emergency Situations, Raed Arafat, has stated that each ship can ensure the rescue and retrieval of a maximum of 50 people and has medical equipment, including for critical patients. A company of armoured personnel carriers and one of Leclerc tanks of the French army will arrive in Romania at the end of October to complete the technical means of the NATO battle group forward presence deployed in Cinco, in the centre of Romania. The group was established starting in May by transforming the allied multinational elements within the NATO response force deployed in Romania. At the proposal of Paris, France took over the role of the framework nation of this battle group, which also includes by rotation forces from Belgium and the Netherlands. On Tuesday, the president of Romania, Klaus Johannes, welcomed on Twitter President Emmanuel Macron's decision to strengthen the French military presence in Romania. It is an important move for NATO's eastern flank, a sign of allied solidarity, Johannes said. The Romanian Minister of Defence Vasile Dincu is participating for two days in the meeting of his NATO counterparts at the headquarters of the alliance in Brussels. According to a press release, the participants will discuss, among other things, the alliance's nuclear deterrence position in the current security context marked by Russia's aggression against Ukraine. On the sidelines of the meeting of the NATO defence ministers, Vasile Dinko also participates in the meeting of the Ukrainian Defence Contact Group and the meeting of defence ministers of the country's members of the Bucharest 9 format. And that was the news. The Romanian parliament has made an extremely important decision. Convicted criminals will no longer be able to run for local or parliamentary elections. I'm Lakamiara Simeon with more in this commentary by Mihai Pelin. No person convicted of any crime can run for local and parliamentary elections, the Romanian Chamber of Deputies decided on Tuesday, as it approved to draft laws in its capacity as a decision-making body. The persons who cannot be elected to the positions of local councillor, county councillor, mayor or president of the county councillor, senator or deputy, are those persons who, on the date of submitting their candidacy, were definitively sentenced to custodial sentences for crimes committed with intent, unless rehabilitation, post-conviction amnesty or decriminalization intervened. The first draft law adopted comes with a key amendment to the law submitted by Deputy Cătălin Tenitsa from Reper, set up by the former Save Romania Union leader Dacian Cholos, which originally provided for a ban on the participation in elections for persons convicted of crimes against minors, rape, pornography, trafficking, serious bodily injury, and so on. 
We started from a law initially meant to protect children, given that the number of convictions indicates that in Romania at least one child out of five is at risk of becoming a victim of sexual abuse up to the age of 18, including rape, pornography, trafficking, serious bodily injury, and so on. The fact that together with my colleagues we extended and adopted this law with reference to all criminals tells me that yes, indeed, Romania is trying to heal itself, says Katalin Tanitsa, who submitted the original law together with the opposition Save Romania Party deputy Diana Stoica. The adoption of the law is a victory for the children of Romania, says Diana Stoica for her part. This project initially started out of the desire to protect children because we all saw how last year a mayor who had sexual relations with a 13-year-old girl for three years was re-elected to a public position. In the future, if this law does not pass, such persons will be able to hold public positions and be at the heart of the communities and worse, of the country as well, said Diana Stoika. The MPs were removed from the bill, but they were introduced on the same day through another bill initiated by several National Liberal Party deputies and senators in the governing coalition. Thus, persons who, on the date of submitting their candidacy, have received definitive criminal convictions cannot run for parliamentary elections. Corruption has led Romanians to have extremely low confidence in the state institutions. And it has equally weakened the state and made it poorer, said one of the initiators, the liberal Ralu Katurkan. It's never too late. Corruption impoverishes. Corruption makes young people and worthy people leave this country. Corruption makes honest, righteous people be disappointed by everything that means decision-making in Romania. Today, a big step forward has been taken so that righteous people should access key institutions, said Raluca Turkan. The two bills are to reach President Klaus Johannes for promulgation. France announced it would deploy additional forces to strengthen NATO's defense posture in Eastern Europe, Romania included. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more on this in a report written by Daniela Bodu. In the coming weeks, France will deploy further troops and equipment of Romania to bolster NATO's eastern flank in the context of Russia's massive strikes recently on Ukrainian cities and civilian infrastructure, the French defense minister Sébastien Le Cornu said in a Senate panel. According to Radio Romania's correspondent in Paris, he spoke about deploying a company, usually comprising 100 to 250 troops, to Romania. France leads the NATO battle group in Romania, which currently includes 350 French troops in addition to Belgian and Dutch ones. The decision to increase these forces was made by the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, at the suggestion of the chief of staff of the French army. In fact, Macron had emphasized his country's support for strengthening NATO's eastern flank as far back as in June, during an official visit to Bucharest, when he also pledged additional assistance to Romania. You have our support should your country come under threat, Emmanuel Macron said at the time.
Sebastian Lecorne explained now what this support would actually consist of. The President of the Republic decided to raise our defensive posture on the eastern flank of Europe by deploying a reinforced company of armored infantry fighting vehicles and a squadron of Leclerc tanks to Romania. So, as part of our defense deterrence and protection mission on the eastern flank, we continue to support those countries to which we owe solidarity, in particular Romania, a friendly nation. We have also continued to boost our presence in Lithuania, where Rafale aircraft will be deployed, and a light infantry company will also be deployed to Estonia. The Romanian president Klaus Johannes welcomed President Emmanuel Macron's decision to strengthen the French military presence in Romania. As Johannes posted on a social network, this is an important gesture for NATO's eastern flank, a sign of allied solidarity. In February, France and Belgium announced they would deploy military units to Romania to set up a tactical NATO group. The chief of staff of the French Armed Forces said at the time that, as part of the Rapid Response Force, France will send to Romania as many as 500 troops with armored vehicles and combat equipment. And in March, President Klaus Johannes said NATO has approved the battle group to be stationed in Romania. Given Russia's recent threats and attacks, the NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg announced that the Allies would enhance security around key institutions and would take additional measures to increase resilience and protect critical infrastructure. A deliberate attack against Allies' critical infrastructure will be met with a united and determined response, the NATO chief has warned. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Listeners' Day on Radio Romania International. Dear friends, Sunday the 6th of November 2022 will be Listeners' Day on Radio Romania International, celebrated a week after the Romanian Radio Day, marked on the 1st of November. 2022 will go down in history and equally in the collective memory as a very special year, but not like the year the whole world emerged out of the pandemic, as most of us would have expected. On the morning of February the 24th, the old continent was shattered by an armed conflict, after almost 80 years of peace. Large-scale propaganda and disinformation campaigns meant to create chaos and confusion have also become part of the confrontation. The information warfare is not a new kind of reality. However, its effects have become more visible than ever against the backdrop of the war in Ukraine because the war has brought a real explosion of fake news and disinformation with it. In this year's edition of Listener's Day on Radio Romania International, we ask you what sources of information about the war in Ukraine are the most reliable for you? How can you identify fake news from real news? How vulnerable you think you are to disinformation? Have you removed from your list the sources of information proven to be spreading fake news and disinform the public? 
which is the role that public radio, and an international radio station in particular, plays in your life during this period of time. We are looking forward to receiving your answers, which will be included in our show on the 6th of November. You can email them to us at engl at rri.o, post them on Facebook, or send them as a comment to this article on Radio Romania International's website at www.rri.ro. If you like, you can also send us pre-recorded answers via WhatsApp at plus four o seven double four three one two six five o, or you can send us your telephone number so we can call you from the studio and record your opinions. Thank you. Society Today Hello, I'm Elena Enake. 38% of Europeans play a sport or practice some form of physical activity at least once a week, while 17% exercise less than once a week. Currently, up to 45% of Europeans never play sports and never participate in physical activity. This is what the fifth Eurobarometer dedicated to sport and physical activity has revealed. While this is a stabilization compared to the 2017 Eurobarometer, the continued promotion of sport and physical activity clearly remains much needed. The survey also reveals that during COVID-19 pandemic, half of Europeans reduced their activity levels or even stopped altogether. Romania, unfortunately, is below the European average, with only 20% of Romanians practicing a sport or exercising regularly. Also, while 60% never exercise, 13% of them sit for more than 8 hours daily, thus neglecting their health and ignoring the benefits of exercise for themselves and others. Practiced with others, sport increases the sense of belonging to a community and also social inclusion. This is what Julian Sherban, a 42-year-old trainer in a sales company, told us. Julian participates in amateur marathons and admits that he has discovered he loves doing this quite late in life. Julian Sherban. I started running at 33. Until then I didn't do sports at all, neither in my childhood nor later. In addition, I was doing my best not to make it to gym classes at school. When I took up sports, I did it exclusively for pleasure. I mean, I didn't start doing sports for medical reasons or to prevent an illness. I think that for 10 years, every day, I smoked. I had a lifestyle totally opposed to sports. I started more out of curiosity. 
willing to do some exercise and I noticed that the two activities, smoking and running, didn't really match. After I quit smoking, I realized that I could increase the distances I run. After that, I started signing up for competitions, for marathons, and I saw that something changed in me. Also, the community around me transformed. I started running with people who had the same passion. I created a new group of friends and developed together. And beyond uh, health benefits, there have been and continue to be real social benefits because motivation can often come from the outside, from the group you belong to. That was Julian Sherban. The group mentioned by Julian Sherban takes part in marathons and competitions for amateurs that started to be organized in Romania a few years ago. For example, he recently participated in the Veterans Relay organized by Invictus Romania on a route that starts in Bucharest, passes through Ploiești and Brașov to end on October 25th in Carei. Although participants are quite numerous, Julian believes that there is room for improvement. Things can always be improved. What makes me very happy is that in Romania, several international marathons are organized in Brașov, Cluj, Timișoara and Bucharest, which attract more and more people. And except for the professional athletes who come to improve certain parameters for international competitions, there are also many amateurs who participate. This is a very good thing because the general public sees that alongside professional athletes, there are also people of all ages who enjoy sports and that is really motivating. I noticed people's reluctance when someone practices sports of any type. There are very few people who encourage movement of any kind. And there are many people who do not understand the phenomenon. But I think that a lot of people who play sports at some point, at an older age, are forced to do so for medical reasons. Among those to whom doctors recommend exercise are people with disabilities, but they also practice sports out of passion, as Juliana Meseshan, a social worker at the Motivation Foundation, told us. She is also the coordinator of the motivation team made up of people in wheelchairs, as well as people without disabilities who participate in various sporting events, generally focused on running, and who encourage others to participate as well. Juliana Meseshan. We, the motivation team, are made up of around 100 people in wheelchairs and without disabilities. And it is very important for us to go to these sporting events because it is an opportunity for us to show people without disabilities that even people in wheelchairs can do sports and it's very important to do sports. We even want to grow motivation team year on year so that people without disabilities can join us, but especially more people who use wheelchairs. There are people who didn't have any disability until a moment in their life, and then they had an accident. They fell from a height that injured their spine, and that's how they had to use wheelchairs. And maybe it's quite difficult for them at the beginning, but little by little these people resume their daily life and they should know they can still do sports if they had a passion for it before the accident. At present, many sporting events have races for people in wheelchairs.
You have been listening to Society Today. Coming up next on Radio Romania International, visit Romania. Welcome everyone, I am Vlad Palgu. The Culture Palace, the cathedrals, the impressive historical buildings, museums, exhibitions and many concerts are but a few attractions Yash has to offer. The biggest city in northern Romania, Yash, is a living testament of Romanian history. Last month, the authorities launched the first audio street guide in Romania as part of the project Phonograms of Memory. The project is implemented by the Historical Studies Association. Flora Ionchoia, an associate professor with the Faculty of Letters, also a cultural historian and the vice president of the Historical Studies Society in Romania, gave us more details. First of all, this is an attempt at familiarizing the inhabitants of Yash and tourists with a past which is transparent in every corner of the city, as well as the past what we can no longer see due to the times we live in, the catastrophes that hit the city over the years. If we refer to the city centre, then we have a lot of interesting buildings to see from many points of view. The audio guide also provides details about urban memory, about events that happened in specific locations, about historical events or personalities who lived in certain buildings, Flora Ionchoia. One of the monuments we chose to speak about today, and which is included in the audio guide, is the Three Hierarchs Monastery. Flora Ionchoia told us more. First of all, this is probably the most valuable medieval monument preserved in Yash, but also in the entire Romanian principalities. It's spectacular as an architectural ensemble, but also in terms of its cultural, intellectual and ideological value. The monastery was designed as a cultural and political complex, which ruler Vasile Lupu wanted to use as the first step of its broader imperial project in the 17th century. Vasile Lupu was not a Romanian ethnic. He came from the Balkans, most likely from Albania or Macedonia. His Romanian was quite poor, but he was an excellent administrator. He used to be a traitor, born into a princely family, and he saw himself as heir to the emperors of Byzantium. His project was to turn Yash into a new Byzantium. He managed to build a new school, the first Romanian school built in the Romanian principalities outside Transylvania. He tried to bring together major personalities to Yash and even hosted a synod meeting, the first and only pan-Orthodox synod ever held in the Romanian principalities, if I am not mistaken, organized in 1642. Additionally, he was close to nominating Dosoftei as the new Patriarch of Jerusalem. He came very close to accomplishing this goal, Flora Ionchoia. 
The guided tour, for the time being, is only in Romanian, but organizers want to soon add an English version as well. So, if you plan a trip to Romania, be sure not to miss Yash. Until next time, this has been all in Visit Romania. Bye-bye. Next in this program... Sports. Welcome, I'm Ana Maria Popescu. Cluj-Napoca in central Romania is hosting these days the most important women's tennis tournament in Romania. Transylvania Open is a WTA 250 tournament with 251,750 US dollars in total prize money. Participation in the tournament is remarkable, with all the eight seeds among the world's top 100 players. Only one Romanian player is listed among the seeds, namely Anna Bogdan, number 46 in the world and seed number 3. However, in Cluj-Napoca she has failed to move past the first round. After being defeated on Monday by Jules Niemeyer of Germany, number 74 in the world, 7662. Two other Romanians were outplayed on Tuesday. Irina Bara, number 150 WTA, lost to Nuria Parizas Diaz of Spain, number 75 WTA, 6175. And Jacqueline Christian, number 83 WTA, was defeated by seed number 7, Xiu Wang of China, who won 6363. Last year, Christian reached the tournament's quarterfinals. This year, the only Romanian player to reach the second round was Gabriela Ruse. Ranking 104 in the world, she defeated Armonie Tant of France 6-7-6-2-6-3. Worth noting is that the best-ranking Romanian players in the world, namely Simona Halep, number 9 WTA, Irina Begu, number 34 WTA, and Sorana Kirste, number 40 WTA, chose not to take part in Transylvania Open. In related tennis news, the Romanian-born Canadian player Bianca Andrescu qualified into the eighth finals of the WTA 500 tournament in San Diego after defeating Lyudmila Samsonova of Russia 7-6, 4-6, 6-2. And that was Radio Romania International Sports Club. Don't forget, you can also find our sports features online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Listening to Radio Romania International. Hello and welcome to Truly Romanian with me, Elena Enake. Today I bring you songs from the repertoire of Angela Buciu, a renowned folk vocalist from the county of Maramures, who has just turned 80. Let's listen to her next with a song entitled My Lovely Hometown.
Angela Buciu has started her music career as a member of a folk choir to become its main vocalist only a year later. Let's listen to her next with a wedding song. In 1963, a team of music professionals with the Romanian public television traveled to Maramureș to discover new talents. They heard Angela Buciu sing and the rest is history. Let's listen to her again with a song about longing.
Zuliță de bujor M-o cuprins un mare dor Ai da 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 M-o cuprins dorul de chine Dar nu-l pot spune la nimeni Ai da 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 E la vie, e mândru din cătănie Ai, da, 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 da Dacă râghe curița, nu știi nimeni inima Ai, da, 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 da Gura râghe ca nebuna, inima plânge într-una Ai, da, 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 da Ca și omul din el dorul să leagă de el Ai da 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 Și de mine s-o legat și de dor n-am mai scăpat Ai da 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 Angela Buciu toured the world and brought people joy with her beautiful songs. She received the Award of Excellence for her contribution to the development of the Romanian traditional song. Here she is next with My Dear Forest. Da, you 
We end Truly Romanian with one last song performed by Angela Buciu entitled Homesick. Living Romania. Coming up next. Happening in Romania. Hello and welcome to Happening in Romania with your host, Kalin Kotsoyu. If you follow our broadcasts or if you follow news about Romania, it is hard to miss the fact that the country over 30 years after coming out from under a totalitarian regime, still has serious hurdles to overcome on its road to constitutional democracy. While the country was in confusion and trying to find its bearings, the economy was hijacked by opportunists at all levels, some with a newfound business acumen, some part of the former state apparatus. The trouble with the former regime was that it was very hard to separate in real life the foreign trade state machine from the political police, which was practically in charge of it. This was just one aspect that defined the economy of the newly liberated state. A post-communist kleptocracy quickly formed and a thin layer of business people quickly took advantage of the vacuum of regulations and economic ideology to get immensely rich, mostly by sucking dry state resources, which were blatantly badly managed, many times with malice aforethought. The initial strategies for pillaging taxpayer money were crude and uncouth because the perpetrators could operate with impunity. People in the management of state companies would, in line with the new capitalist conception, contract private suppliers and providers of goods and services. Most times, as you would expect in a situation like this, Said companies were owned by friends and family of the managers, deftly diverting state resources into private pockets. This quickly came to be known as the tick company approach, as in the blood-sucking parasites. As the country decided to pursue European integration, it had to gradually regulate the economy and finances, and the boardwalk empire approach gradually had to be replaced by a veneer of legitimacy and lawful operation. That was a difficult and convoluted process, 
like pulling teeth, but from an angry hippopotamus. In order to present a respectable image, the tick company approach was replaced by more subtle manipulation of the more modern concept of public acquisition. Since the transparency became the new war du jour, corruption had to be clad in the mantle of law. That was not as difficult as it sounds because parliamentary parties are and have been mostly special interest groups, and they made the laws. In other words, the fox is still in charge of the hen house. As such, the laws regarding public acquisition were customized to steer business towards the rule makers. But since Romania joined the European Union in 2007, a new parameter has come into the equation, and it was quite a major change. It came in the form of cohesion funds, money that the European Commission was ready to pump into the economy in order to raise Romania to EU standards. This presented the profiteers with quite a hard nut to crack, because all of a sudden the rule makers were in Brussels, and they demanded accountability. So what to do? The back door was found in the fact that, by the rules, European money cannot finance any project 100% in order to discourage spurious claims and to make sure that the applicant for financing has a measure of personal responsibility. Since European cohesion funds address to a large extent areas that are the domain of the state, the Romanian state issued contracts co-financed by European money and the rulemakers at home found a way to make sure that the contracts went to whomever they wanted them to. The solution was in customizing the rules for bidding for European-financed public acquisition. At least this is the claim of an anonymous reader who provided the online news portal Hot News with a detailed article alleging to unmask the not-so-opaque methods for gaming the system. That reader started off from the observation that Romania has the lowest rate of absorption of European funds of all the countries that get them. Then he went on to contradict public statements made by politicians as to the causes of such an embarrassing situation. They said that the low absorption rate was caused by the losing bidders, who allegedly flood the system with challenges to public tender decisions, blocking contracts that attract European money in courts and in oversight bodies. The writer of the article, however, begs to differ, presenting ample evidence, starting from the very letter of the laws that regulate said procedures. One example that catches the eye is one law under which a company has to submit a sort of security deposit when challenging a tender decision, 
worth 1% of the value of the contract, which, and herein lies the rub, it loses in case the challenge is unsuccessful. In case you were wondering, this makes the minimum collateral deposit at least 10,000 euros. And that is because of another rules that would change years ago, stating that state institutions now don't have to organize public tenders if the contract is below 100,000 euros. In other words, open season for small-scale public acquisition, and the ticks are back. Now, as usual, we have it leave it to our listeners to decide what that says about what is happening in Romania. Chețel de tufănele, dragi surioarele mele, În căsuța de subfaci am crescut, ne-am avut dragi. Capul în cuiba am crescut, tare bine ne-am avut, mai mai. Cât era ziua de mare, ne jucam pe deal și vale. Primăvara adunam flori, eu și ale mele surori, măi. Florile din poienițe, ni le făceam coronițe. Și din florile din albe, ne făceam cercii și salbe, mai măi. Și iarna la colindat, băteam satul lung și la. Timpul repede a trecut, ca puine am risipit, măi. Un an de-al și alta în vale, alta la mijloc de cale. Focus on Romania Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with Mila Kramiarasmian. Today's program features Ion Dolanescu with the song Dear Forest, If I Were You. Fi ca tine 
fericidă-și fi pe lume. Codrule, de-aș fi ca tine, fericidă-și fi pe lume. Barambri cu frunze verzii, am ales scuturile pierzii, Codrule, barambri cu frunze verzii, am ales scuturile pierzii, Codrule. With that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15320 and 17670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl.ri.ro. Goodbye.